Hey, love to know who's a, who's a guest here tonight. If this is maybe your first or second time with us, could you just raise your hand? Love to just welcome you if you're here as a guest here tonight. Welcome this lady here, fantastic. Over here, another friend of ours. Good to have you in church here tonight. We would uh, we'd love to catch up with you afterwards down in our glass house. Uh, someone might hand you a little card now. I'd love for you to fill that out. Maybe drop it, uh, bring it down to the glass house later, hand it on to one of our team. It would be uh, great to do that. Uh, wonderful, wonderful. Great to see our friend Tony Guattari. Welcome, Tony. Great, so great to have you here at Silverwater. He is a wonderful man that we've journeyed with for many years. It's great to see you, Tony. And that's good to be together. I uh, had the great privilege of preaching at Bankstown this morning. Bankstown is an extension service we do every Sunday morning uh, at 10 o'clock, and uh, it was outstanding. There was barely a spare seat in the house there, which is just so good. God is on the move. And uh, if you know anyone down in that part of Sydney, great news is you could uh, pick them up and take them to a great C3 service uh, hosted by uh, Dylan and Amanda Regler, and uh, God is on the move there, which is really, really great. And uh, today we start a new series. Who loves new series, love new things, and, uh, and what a great one it is as we get to come and focus on one of the great Psalms out of the Word of God, Psalms 23. And I thought we'd start tonight by reading it together as we uh, launch out into it. So it's going to come up on the screens. Uh, so let's, uh, let's read this together. This has got power in it. A Psalm of David, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Why don't we give it up for the Lord, because that is an outstanding passage of Scripture. Wow. Who wouldn't want to do life with God when there are promises like that that we can speak over our life, and we know that when we journey with God that we can enter into the things that are in that Scripture. And uh, as I was reading this this week, I'm just so reminded of what we have in the, in the Word of God, how valuable it is, how good it is for those of us that uh, walk closely with the Lord, what we kind of have on tap out of the Word of God and how we need to truly base our lives on nothing else but God and His Word and what is in this. Not other things in life, not what the magazines say, not what the newspapers say or blogs say, but actually on this. This is such a great tool for us to live a tremendously wonderful life. Do we know that, church? And uh, let's not forget what's in this, and let's live by it. Let's get into it. Let's study it in our own time, and uh, really just journey life with it, because you're going to live your best life. You're going to live the life God wants for each and every one of you if you stand on His Word and on the Word of God. Do we know that? I, uh, many years ago, I, uh, I was given a plasma TV. I was really excited. I, uh, back in the day, I had one of those old school TVs, and when plasmas were coming out, I just couldn't wait to, to get one. And uh, I spent 15 years of my life in the IT industry. And uh, one day, I made a really significant sale, which was, I think, at the time, the biggest sale I'd ever made. 
Uh, it, was, it was significant, and uh, our company I worked for had received a whole lot of uh, some promotional gear from time to time, and they were, were given a couple of TVs, and this uh, uh, plasma TV sat in a warehouse for quite some time, and I was eyeing it off, to be honest with you, and, uh, and Christmas came, and I'd made this big sale just before Christmas, and uh, I was pretty excited when my boss said, hey, uh, I've got a bit of a Christmas bonus for you. I'm going to give you one of the plasmas out of the warehouse. I was like, yes, a plasma is coming to my place. A plasma is going to look good in my place. So I received this Panasonic 42-inch plasma, and I was really excited. I love sport, and who knows that sport looks better on a, the bigger TV that you can get. And uh, so I was so excited, but I did what most uh, particularly males do, and Australian males. I plugged the thing in, and I didn't even bother about looking at, uh, looking at the instruction manual. I'm like, who needs an instruction manual? If you're a male, we can always work this thing out. So I remember putting this telly in, plugging it, and I got it to work, could go through the stations. But as the years rolled on, it used to really frustrate me that Obviously, these days, you are, I didn't have uh, pay TV, but just with the free-to-air channels, there's a fair few channels you could access these days. You've got three channels on seven and three on nine and three on ten. You've got multiple SBS and the ABC, and there's all those community, NITV. And there's just stations everywhere. And I used to go through all the stations and thought, surely there's a better way, because you'd sit down and go, what's on tonight? You think, ting, ting, go through all the stations. Surely there's a button that someone would put on something like this, you just press it, and it would like, boom, bring up like what's on just about all the stations. Surely there's a button like that. Well, years and years pass, and one day I'm at home, and I, I go to sit down on the couch, and I look up on the screen, and boom, there it is, right in front of my eyes, this like full-on thing that shows about eight channels at once, what's coming up, and I'm like, it is there, there it is. I'm like, where did you come from? Where have you been for so many years? And I look around, I realize I've sat on the remote. I've sat on the remote and these things come up and I'm like, where are you on this remote? I start going through every button. Where are you? And finally I get to something called EPG. I've got no idea what it stands for, but as I pressed EPG, woof, there it appears again. I'm like, that's what I want. That is the button I've been searching for so many years, the one button you can press to see a whole series of stations, what's on, what's about to come on. If only I'd read the instruction manual when I first got the TV, how I could have saved myself so much time, so much heartache thinking, Panasonic, why haven't you got this function? The function was always there, but I hadn't read the instruction manual. And do you know in life, we have a thing called the Word of God, and it is our instruction manual for this life. This is the thing that if we want to do life and do it well with our walk with the Lord, it's all in the book. Everyone say, it's all in the book. It's in this book, and if we uh, would really take scriptures for their, their value, that they're really there for us, like this psalm, and walk by it, oh my, our futures are unbelievable. The potential for each and every one of us is like mind-boggling but we've got to make sure we read it, we stand on it, we proclaim it, we speak it, the Word of God. And I'm just so grateful that God would put things like Psalm 23 in there to help us, to encourage us, to know that uh, you know, we can do this life led by the Lord, that we can do it in a way that even when things look like there are, that 
they're not good, you know, we're walking through valleys that, uh, that we don't have to feel, fear evil, that we can know that he is there and he is with us, that our goodness would, and mercy would come our way, that who's grateful that there's things like that in the word of God? And let's in life make sure that we're not relying on holidays to get us through life, that we're not relying on, uh, you know, time off to, to watch a movie to get through life. Let's make sure that we're in life, we're standing on God's Word, because there is life in the Word of God. It can help us. We've got to make sure that this doesn't sit on the bedside table and gather dust or sit on the bookshelf just for the Sundays to pull out, that this is something that regularly, this manual is meant to be opened daily so we can go through it and God can speak to us. The Word of God is there, and it's there for each and every one of us, and I love that, and I love that which is beautiful. Why don't we pray? Father God, we're so grateful for the Word of God. We thank you, Lord God, that here tonight in your home, in your church, Lord God, you'd speak to every one of us. We thank you, Lord, for the promises in the Word of God. And we just thank you, Lord, as we we go through this series on Psalms, Lord, that, Father God, you would speak to us all, that truly our lives would be transformed by the power of the Word. And we just thank you, Lord God, for every person here struggling, facing a mountain, Lord. We thank you, Lord that our hope is always in you, Lord, that you see them and you're there for them at this time. And Lord God, that you are the true peace giver, the true peace giver. And we thank you, Lord, for who you are for each and every one of us in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen, amen. So here this evening, we're going to uh, study a little bit into verse one. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. And uh, so I read that first little phrase there, the Lord is my shepherd, and I start thinking about, I love, you know, how the Word of God is phrased, and it, it, it's, 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 it's God, and it's designed to, to read a certain way, and it doesn't say the Lord uh, sometimes is my shepherd. It doesn't say the Lord could be my shepherd. Right here, we see David saying, the Lord is my shepherd, and for each and every one of us, we have that kind of access to God. We have an access to God where we can all say that very same thing in our lives, that the Lord is my shepherd. We don't have to rely on other people to lead us into a relationship with God. It is there for each and every one of us to have this relationship with God, to have Christ as our Lord and have him truly as our shepherd. And I love it, is my shepherd. And I'm so grateful for the accessibility of God. I think that is just one of the beautiful attributes of our God, that he is so accessible to each and every one of us. He wants us to be in relationship with him, and we get to choose to go there. We get to choose in our own lives to make him Lord of our life, to truly make him our shepherd. But it's up to us. I would ask you tonight, is he your shepherd? Are you living with him in control? Or are you living in a way where you're trying to control? You're trying to take the rudder and control the ship. What are you living for in your life? Is God the ruler over it? Is he the one that is the shepherd? Because only you would know in your heart. I can't answer that for you. But you would know. And you would know. So here tonight, I want to encourage us to make sure if it's not him as Lord, we make him Lord. Because what I love about this is when I think shepherd. When I have him as my shepherd, I think, what a place to be, because in that place, he cares for me. 
That's what a shepherd does. He looks after me. He protects me. He leads me. He guides me. I tell you what, a shepherd is all about taking his sheep to the best possible place. A shepherd doesn't lead you anywhere else but the best place that that shepherd believes he can take the flock, only the best. And that's no different to God. He all the time wants to lead us and take us to where he wants us to be. Him is the true shepherd. And here we have here, you know, this place, because a shepherd would take the sheep where there was food. Who knows we need that? Sheep needed that. He would take it where there was water. He would take them where there was protection from maybe enemies or the, uh, you know, the circumstances around them. He would take them in the same way that a shepherd would lead the sheep and the shepherd, uh, the sheep would know they could trust the call of the shepherd. We can trust God. God, we can trust him. He is caring for us. He is caring for us. And if you're even here tonight and you feel like you, you've left the pack, I'll tell you what, God is pursuing you. He is after you. He wants you nothing more to come back into the flock and he would do everything to do everything to make sure you come back. He wants you back. He wants you in the flock. He doesn't want you lost. He doesn't want you lost. He wants you there. We know in the Bible it talks about he'd leave the 99 for the one. If you're the one here tonight, before I conclude the service, I'll give you an opportunity to not be that one running away from the flock, to be an opportunity for you to come back, an opportunity tonight for you to come back. And you know what? David is so qualified. He is well qualified to talk about this because he might have written this as a king, but what was he once? Once upon a time, he himself was a shepherd. We know that. We know that in the Word of God, before he took on Goliath, there he was out tending to his father's, his father's sheep. He was a shepherd. So when he's talking about this, he knows so well about the role of a shepherd. And he knows that his Lord is this for his life, this great role of the shepherd. He is qualified. He is qualified. And he would have been very aware of what sheep are really like because sheep are so dependent on the shepherd because sheep are not very smart. A goat can often go and look after itself well, but a sheep, a sheep does not care for itself very well at all. It doesn't have that instinct, although it knows that it needs to find good pastures with good food. It actually doesn't have that instinct to go out and find those things. And also, you know, there's certain grasses that if it has too much of, it can die. A sheep can bloat up and die if it has too much clover. Like, this is the kind of thing, sheeps aren't very smart. Also, they're not good at defending themselves. They don't have sharp claws, they don't have fangs, they don't have like a, a, a loud growl, or they're not like angry that they can defend themselves. Sheep are often out there, they're struggling. They're not fast, they can't outrun predators very well. They're not sneaky enough to hide from predators. And sometimes sheep even cooperate with the very predator that's about to take them down and kill them. That is what sheep are like. And do you know, sometimes in our ignorant human state, we're no different. We're no different sometimes. We might think we're intelligent. We might think we've got it all together. But if we're not in the flock, if we're not letting him be our shepherd, I tell you what, we're out there. We're out there and we are exposed and the enemy can and will try to take us down. We need to come and sit under the shepherd, under the care of the shepherd, don't we? Let's give the Lord a round of applause because he's there for us. 
He is there for us. I love what Jesus says, John 10, 27 to 29. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. They hear my voice, I know them, they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hands. My sheep hear my voice. And do you know what? I think uh, when we make the Lord our shepherd, we need to get in a place where we hear the voice of the Lord and we follow through. We need to get ourselves into that kind of place. Because sometimes we do stray, we mess up, we get out of the flock, we've got to keep coming back, following the voice. It is the best way to live. I think about in my, my own life, you know, my journey to, uh, to, to being with Natalie, my wife, you know, and in one sense it was my journey, but in one sense it was, it was actually our journey. It was me and the Lord journeying towards finding the partner that, you know, would work for me in life. And I just think about my journey to that, and it wasn't something that I said, God, I don't want your help, I don't need your help. I was calling out all the time, God, you know me, and you know who's going to work well with me. Help me to find the one or the one that can, can be a good match, the one that we can serve the Lord well together. And uh, I just love when you call out to God and you include him in your major decisions of life and you let him lead you. I'm pretty confident that he leads pretty well. Did I do okay? I think I did pretty well. <laughs> Marrying a great woman of God on fire for the Lord. Well, 15 years we celebrate early next year. But do you know what? I just know that's just one example of when you trust him with the big things in life. And life's not always easy and things go a bit pear-shaped, but just keep coming back to him. Keep coming back to him because he wants to guide you. He wants to direct you. He wants to be your Lord. He wants to be your shepherd. And I'm just grateful uh, that he led me to a wonderful woman. And, uh, and that's just been my experience in life. When you place yourself under you know, him and say, Lord, I want to hear from you. I want to journey with you. I don't want to be the, the kind of lone ranger and make all the calls myself. Come into him because we all need it. A king needs a king. Rulers need a ruler. Fathers need a father. Shepherds need a shepherd. Christ is all of this for us. He is all of this for us. You know, David, a powerful king, yet he knew he still needed a shepherd. He knew and understood he needed this. We all need to be led, fed, and cared for by God. We all need this. I love what the Bible says about Jesus. He says he is the good shepherd, he is the great shepherd, and he is the chief shepherd. He is all of those things. You know, even a, the world's greatest athlete, they still need a coach. They still have someone over them who's helping them to take them to where they can be and reach their biggest potential. That's like what God wants for us. He wants to take us. He wants to lead us. He wants to take us to our best possible spot in life. We've got to make sure that in life, God is our rock. He is our number one. Make sure you don't, you know, put that kind of pressure on, on your partner if you're married or you're going to be married one day. Make sure God is your ultimate rock, that he is your true shepherd, not the partner, because it's meant to be in God, because your partner will never be everything. But God can be. He can be. I learned a really big lesson in life. Uh, for Nat Natalie and I have been in this current role here as the campus pastors at Silverwater for just over four years. But 
It was four years prior to that, we're out at Silverwater, kind of as a kind of an assistant pastor role, and uh, for three of those years, uh, we served under the campus pastor here, uh, Pastor Simon McIntyre, and a few of you would know Simon, and uh, just a great man of God, and during those three years, uh, he went through a really tough situation in life where he lost his wife. His dear wife, Helen, passed away of cancer about uh, 18 months into his journey uh, here at Silverwater, and uh, I was just able to, uh, to really observe how he journeyed through that. And one of the things that I really saw in him was, although this was like, you know, something you cannot imagine to, to lose your dear wife, that he, through the whole journey and after the journey, God was still his rock. God was his shepherd, and he knew that. I remember uh, getting the text on a Friday evening one night uh, that Helen had passed away, that her, her battle on this earth had ended and she graduated to heaven. And uh, it was a long battle for her. And this was on a Friday. And uh, this was when I was living on the northern beaches. And I was up early the next morning to go and uh, look for surf, like I often did when I was living there. And I was in my car early in the morning. And as I'm driving along uh, past the lake at Narrabeen, I see a, a sole figure walking around the lake. It was Simon. His relationship with God, he knew, was the, the sole rock he needed in life. And there he was, first morning first morning, early the next morning, going on his prayer walk, walking with his God, talking to his God, probably screaming with his God, probably crying with his God, but he had this deep foundation of the Lord as his shepherd, the Lord as his shepherd. And I remember a little time passed and I spoke to him about this and he said, you know, it's one of the things I often tell partners is they're not your God, you've got to make sure that is your rock that that is your rock. And I learned a lesson there from a very good man about how he journeyed through this. Oh, have him as your shepherd. But be the sheep. Be the sheep that uh, listen to his voice to be obedient to what he's calling us to do because it's up to us then. He lays it out before us and we're on an ongoing journey as Christians to walk it out and truly take on board what he is calling us to do and following through with that, obedient to the instructions of the shepherd. Don't be the kind of sheep that, you know, the shepherd's going, we're all going this way, and you're kind of the sheep kind of walking backwards, kind of back chatting, but I don't want to go that way. No, I want to go this way. I just, I want to journey out here, and the shepherd's like, going, no, go with the flock. Don't make it difficult. Go, go where the shepherd's calling. Listen to his voice. And we know what he's saying. It's in the Word of God, and there's moments he'll speak to you individually. But heed to the voice. Follow that. Don't be pushing against the grain. Follow the voice of the shepherd. Don't say, yeah, I'll give you all my life, but oh, I want to make the call on this relationship, or I want to take this job out. Just listen to the voice. I believe that Natalie and I are here at Silverwater because we listen to the voice of the shepherd. We listen to the voice of the shepherd. And we're here, we didn't see this in our plan, it wasn't in our 10-year plan when we first got married, oh, we're going to go out to a church at Silverwater, but we were just giving our lives to Him daily, giving our lives to Him daily, serving Him daily, get passionate about Him, and when the day came, it just felt right, I said, yep, we'll do that. We're living on the northern beaches for three and a half years, we drove 40 minutes to an hour to church, three, four, sometimes five times a week, but we loved it all. We knew God had called us to this place. God had called us to this place. 
So make sure you, you position yourself to hear the voice of the shepherd. He will not let you down. Can I proclaim that here tonight? He is a good and a well-meaning God. He is faithful to his word and he will not let you down. Obey his voice. He is a good God. I love at the end of that, uh, that uh, Psalm 23, verse 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That's what happens when you let him be your, your Lord, when you let him be the one that you follow. Goodness and mercy shall follow you. Goodness and mercy shall follow you. And as a congregation, we're led as pastors here and under Pastor Phil and Chris's oversight. We just want to lead our people into a better place in life, a better place in faith, a better place in their walk with the Lord. That is what we do. It's why we come together. We need to be in the house of God and coming together. Sheep are led as a group. It's not an individual thing. It's a gathered group. A gathered group, you know. Quite often, when you're in a group, you don't need the personal attention when you're part of that group. You'll go where the green grass is. We'll do it together. When, it's when the, someone leaves the flock, it's like being there out on their own. And it's like they get attacked. And all of a sudden, you know, there's a lot of kind of pastoral care that's needed for someone who's like, if you just stayed with the flock, if you just stayed in the house of God, stayed moving together, there's every chance that you wouldn't have fallen to that temptation. There's every chance that that attack on you wouldn't have, have had the hold that it has if you'd stayed in the flock. You stay together, the house of God. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, as uh, David says at the end of this psalm, in the house of God. You'll flourish here. God will form you here. And as we have things in the life of the church that will help you connect groups and night college, Bible college, and uh, different life courses, you know, serving in the house, it is a good place to be. Uh, and secondly, of this passage, it then goes on to say, I shall not want. Another version says, I shall not lack. Uh, because he is my shepherd, I shall not lack. He is into that. He is into providing all that we need. And when you're in him, you get this great, just this, this feeling of contentment, which is a beautiful thing, a feeling of contentment. Sometimes it's like Jesus is not enough, but I love that God's just not the God who's just like, I'll just, I'll just get you across the line. He is there to help us in life. He is there to carry us in life. He is there to be our provider in life. Who knows that we need that? I tell you what, living in Sydney, I think most of us can say we need to know him as a supplier to help us, to have him as our shepherd. And when he is this, I can be confident that I shall not want. I can be confident in that because I know that he will deliver the things that are good for me. If things are held back, I can be confident it's for a reason. Maybe it's for another season or if it's just not good for me. But we live in Sydney. I'm believing for, for this campus here that we will see continued miracles of provision over housing, over our cars, over situations that see us living our best life, being able to pay the bills, being able to put our kids through great schools, provision in this house because we do need help. Re recent research says that finances are the leading cause of anxiety, depression and sleeplessness in our society. Finance problems are the root of multiple friendship and family breakdowns. Finance are the problems leading that are leading to the leading cause of divorce. This is the city that we're living in that is having these kind of struggles. Recent figures for our state say 44% of households are in financial stress. 
That's up from 37% in 2010. 38% say expenses are outstripping their income. We live in an expensive city. There are needs in our world that sometimes look impossible, but God, but God, He is the one, our shepherd, who will see us and we're in a place that I shall not want. And I love the Word of God because we can get confident from the stories out of the Word of God because all through the Word, there are provisions. I think about the Israelites for 40 years, for 40 years in the desert, there was always a supply of food. There was always a supply of water. Their clothes and their sandals did not wear out. They were provided for by our God. He is miraculous working God who is there for us. He wants to bless us. He wants to come through for us. And if you're facing something here tonight that you know needs the hand of God, the miracle of God, I've got news for you. That is what he's into. He is good at this. He is good at this. And we can come to him and we can rely on him and we can put our trust and our faith in him that he will come through for us. I think about Elijah who obeyed the voice of the Lord and he went down by the, the brook Cherith and there he was and that place might not have seemed like the great place to go to for provision. The, the brook would often, every summer, it would dry up. There was, a, there was shorter journeys to better places to find water. But he obeyed the voice of the Lord, and he was looked after, and he was cared for. He was fed by ravens day and night, the Bible says. Elijah seeing the provision of the Lord come upon his life. I love that. I love that. I think about in 2 Kings, where we see about the... Uh, the widowed woman and her two sons. And in the Bible, it talks about her husband had passed away. She's a widow, but she owed a great debt, a debt that was so great that the creditors were coming to take her own children away. It doesn't get any darker than that. The hole doesn't get much bigger than that. But I love that the Lord had sent Elisha into the situation, the man of God, and he says to her, what have you got? What is in your hand? She said, we've barely got anything. There's just a little oil in a flask. And Elisha says, go, I want you to start knocking on your neighbors. Start finding the, air, the empty vases, bring them. Don't stop, bring all the ones that you can find. And as those vases were brought, she starts pouring out the little oil. And the Word of God says it keeps coming, and it keeps coming, and it keeps coming, and it keeps coming. It didn't stop. Every vessel that was brought was filled. How good is our God? Provision. She keeps her children, and she gets enough finances to see you through. I love that. We can stand on those stories in the Bible. That is the God is the same yesterday, today, and forget forever. He is our God, and He can come through. Stand on him, stand on his word. He is an almighty God who can come through, even in the darkest, the worst of situations. And you might be here today, and it might be finances, it might be other parts of your life, and you are feeling empty. Can I say you're in the house of God? Can I say tonight we're going to pray for you and believe that miracles are going to come into your lap and the same miracle that this woman had can be your miracle here tonight. There is miracles in this place and they're for your life because he is your shepherd and you shall not want, my Bible says. Let's give him a round of applause here tonight. He is a good God. He is a good God and the, and the miracles don't stop there. As we go into the New Testament, we just, they're just there all the time. Jesus at the wedding, 
turning the, the water into wine. You know, not just meeting the needs, helping people to not be embarrassed, to, to help a celebration. God's just good. Multiplying the, uh, the, the fish and the bread for the multitudes. Man, I haven't seen that too often, but that's, that's Jesus. That's Jesus at work, causing miracles to happen in people's lives. He cares about all parts of our world. I think about the people, his disciples, that needed to pay their taxes. And what does he say? He says, go down and, and get a fish and, and look in its mouth. I've fished a fair bit in my life. I normally catch fish. I went yesterday with my son. I caught nothing. I got one bite, the worst fishing day of my life, I would say. But most times when I catch fish, I've never seen that yet. Never caught a fish and, and seen a coin in its mouth. It's not the normal. It's not what normally happens. But I tell you, when the, Lord of the, when the word of the Lord comes, look out, get expectant to know that he is the miraculous working God. He can pull off all sorts of things for your life, for my life. That is our God. We shall not want. Our needs can be met. He is the provider. He is the provider, and I love that. David himself, his provision wasn't just for meeting the need. Later on in the Psalms, he says, my cup overflows, and even when uh, pressures are all around me, it still overflows. Pressures come in life, but this is what he walks into. Philippians 4, 19, and my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. When I follow him, I experience full provision from God. And when he provides, he provides so well. He provides so well. I was uh, flipping through uh, Instagram uh, this afternoon and I uh, saw a great Instagram post from one of the families in our church. And I might bring that up here. And uh, I just love this. These are uh, the Aquilas. They're just one of the great families in our church. And, and I love this, that they are able to put up a photo of a sold property we have sold this baby, the tangible proof of how God can smash you with a tenfold blessing. God, you're so good. The tithe covered all in all seasons. Can we give God a round of applause? Because that's the kind of provision and blessing and abundance we're believing for the people. And it's not just for ourselves. It's not so we can be consumers. It's so we can be givers. So we can move forward in life. We can bless other people. We can bring things into the house of God. And we need to, because we don't want to just see, you know, just you know, us in the house of God. We want to see the multitudes in the house of God. We love putting on our extra services all around this city. The care center service on a Thursday, Maryland's on some Friday nights, and uh, Auburn on some Saturday nights. There's services built so people can hear about Jesus. And the only reason that we can put on any of those services is because people in this house are not just consumed in their own world, but they're about giving out, giving out, giving out. And that's the way God designed it to be. So when Abraham came to, uh, to make his great sacrifice and then he, he found the provision of the Lord, it was then that provision became his sacrifice, Jehovah Jireh. And that is for all of us, that we can live in a way, you know, in a way of being about the others. And I love that. God is for us so that we can live life like that. Hebrews 13, 5, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake us. He is always with us. He is our provider. He is the one to care for us, to look after us, to, to take us on the journey of life. And I don't know what's going to be thrown at you in the future. 
But I know if we would stand on the rock of all ages, if we would put our trust in Him and truly let Him be our shepherd, there is no better way, there is no safer way to live than that, to put our trust, our hope in Him. If the band could come as we, we draw to a close here this evening. Oh, how good is our God. How good is our God. And He is a provider. He is the one who wants to come through for us. I think God gets happy when He sees His people blessed, when He sees His people happy and content. That is the heart of God, to see you in life, living a wonderful, a wonderful life, a blessed life. A life where you're not out journeying on your own, but you're in, you're in the flock. We're in this together. And you will do so much better in life when you're not just out on your own, but you're doing it shoulder to shoulder with other people. When you're hearing his voice, he will lead you to good pastures. The Lord will not take you down a road to nowhere, to a road to a drought and, and, and no food. He will lead you to good places. Of course, storms all come our way, but he's always there for us. He is a good God. He loves us, and he only wants the best for you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Before I conclude here this evening, I mentioned it before, maybe you're here tonight and uh, the Lord's not your shepherd. You're living life and you're away from the flock. You're living life, going your own way. You've been running your own race and here tonight you'd like to come back and uh, truly get in, uh, get in the right place with the Lord. There's no greater thing to do in life than to have Him, Lord, to have Him number one, to give Him the spot that He wants. And maybe you're here tonight and once upon a time, He was once your Lord. Maybe once upon a time, He was there for you, but for some reason, you, you've slipped away and you, you're a little bit like the prodigal son. You are you're once under the blessing of the Father, but you, you thought you'd go out on your own way and it hasn't worked so well for you. And tonight, you'd like to come back. It would be my greatest delight here tonight to lead you back to Him. Or maybe you're here tonight and you've never ever in your entire life accepted Him as your Lord and Savior. There is no greater thing on this life to do. When I was 12 years old, I knelt down by a bed on the northern beaches of Sydney and I said a very basic prayer for a 12-year-old. But it was the prayer, the prayer that gave me eternal life. To this day, nothing has ever been in that moment and nothing ever will because in that very one moment, a 12-year-old boy had his name etched in the book of life. My destiny became heaven. And oh, I can't wait to one day be face to face with my Lord, the one who has guided me ever since. I'm so grateful for the life he's given me. But my destination is heaven and that can be all of our destination if only we make sure 100% he is our Lord. We have him number one. And if you're here tonight and he's not your number one, oh, come back. Come back and make him that. There is no greater thing to do in life. So could everyone just bow their heads and close their eyes? Because in a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity. All I'd ask you to do in a moment is raise your hand, nice and bold, high in the air. If you would like to say this prayer, asking for forgiveness, either for the first time, or you've once said it, but you've slipped away. You've gone against the call of the Father and you want to come back. I'll see your hand. 
I'll ask you to put it down. And then after, I'll ask you to, to come forward and we'll say a prayer together. This is the most important time of the entire meeting right now. So if you are here tonight, you are far from God, you've either slipped away or you've never said a prayer that asks Jesus to come into your life right now, could you boldly raise your hand high in the air? I'll see it and I'll ask you to put it down. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, I see that hand. Who else is there here tonight? You know you've slipped away. You know you've slipped away and you need to come back. Is there anyone else here tonight? You're saying, yes, Hartley, that's me, I'm far. I've left the flock, I've tried to go my own way. It's not working out too well. I wanna come back, I wanna stand on the rock that you're mentioning here tonight. Who else is there here tonight? You wanna come back? You wanna stand on that rock for the first time or to come back? I'll just give it another moment. This is the biggest miracle in life, a life saved, a life saved. Is there anyone else here tonight who'd like to join my friend? To raise your hand, to say yes, Harley. Beautiful, beautiful. Could we all just uh, stand up? I want to do two things before we conclude here this evening. Number one, I'm going to invite our friend just to come out of your seat. Just meet me down the front. Come on, let's give the Lord a round of applause. This is why we do church. Love that you keep doing this. Just got to do it, hey, you've got to do it. Hey, church, we're going to say this prayer together. Dave's going to repeat it. This is the miracle of a, a cleansed life as we say this prayer. Let's all say it right now. Let's all say it as I say it. Dear God in heaven, I thank you that you love me and you sent Jesus to die for me. Tonight I ask for you to forgive my sins. Tonight I come back to you. I stand on you as my rock. I thank you that you forgive me. Tonight I give you control of my life. And I declare I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for this life. Tonight, washed clean. Tonight, forgiven. I thank you, Lord God, for the beautiful new day. The beautiful new day for Dave to stand and step into, Lord. I thank you, Lord, you see him on this altar tonight. I thank you, Lord God, that tonight, oh, heaven rejoices. I thank you that tonight, Father God, that you would move in mighty and great ways to prepare a great path for this life that he would know the goodness of the Lord. He would know the goodness of your hand in his life. In Jesus' mighty name, and we all said, amen. So proud of you, proud of you. Chris is gonna have a chat to you, encourage you with the Bible. Let's give the Lord a round of applause. Holy God, holy God. Wonderful church, wonderful church. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna, we're gonna end in a song in a moment, but uh, we're gonna open the altar because we know that Stuff happens in life and sometimes we feel like we're in a bit of desperate need for, for God to guide us, for Him to lead us, for Him to journey through a dark point in time. Maybe you're here and you feel like the pressures of finances are a big concern and they're, and they're a struggle for you in your own world, for your family or your personal life. Tonight we're going to stand with you. We're going to believe for God to come through for you. So we're going to open the altar for that. 
Maybe there's another big challenge and you're feeling you just need the Lord to move mightily. Maybe some guidance for you. You want to hear his call on something. We're going to open this altar for you to come forward and we're going to pray with you and stand with you. Because sometimes, you know, that flock that we're in, we're here for each other. The Lord's guiding us, but he's using each other to take you on the journey. So if you're here and there's any big need, you feel like you're in a bit of a a deep, dark hole, you've you've maybe fallen somewhere, tonight he's going to come through for you. So right now, as the band leads us in this final song, I'd invite you to come out of your seat. Don't say they're here tonight. If you'd like some prayer, if you'd like people to stand with you and believe with you for a mighty move of God, for your miracle, for your breakthrough, for your provision, you can feel the hand of the Lord upon you. Come out of your seat as we end on this song here tonight. Thank you, church.